Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. 50% of all lifetime mental illness begins at the age of 14, 75% by the age of 24. You got something going on. You need to reach out to somebody, maybe a neutral third party, markwelltherapy.com. Dr. David Markwell and his therapists uh, do an amazing job there at Ridgeline Counseling. Markwelltherapy.com. They can do it virtually. You can stop by one of their three Georgia locations, East Cobb, Marietta near the square, or McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. Again, markwelltherapy.com. True story. Uh, one of our most popular guests uh, is Matt Dugmany Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm. Uh, that's no joke. You guys love him. I love him. If you have any questions for him when he pops in on the show, you can go to podcastthebs.com. There's a whole section set up. You can ask us on social media, or you can leave a message on our hotline, 404-369-3825, possibly get a one-on-one. -on -one. Specializing in criminal law, located in Atlanta, but practices nationwide, theauroralawfirm.com, theauroralawfirm.com. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. <laughs> and by God, this is the BS. All right, there it is. It's the BS episode 149. Thanks for being here. My name's Jason Bailey. Uh, I'm joined... In the same room on different cameras by Nikki D. Good morning. Nelson. Good morning. And then all the way in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, he's the Nader Tater Vader Masturbator. Hola, como estas, Ted? Hola, buenos dias. How y'all doing? Hola. Trying to get down this new, you know, I get in my ways. <laughs> you know, new I, flow. I haven't been in my ways in a quite some time out of the Golden Scissors studio, the now defunct, sad Golden Scissors studio which needs to be rebuilt here shortly, which will be rebuilt here shortly. Um, but sitting on this horrible, white, old, musky couch <laughs> in this Airbnb with my roomies, my room dogs, uh, here in Sacramento, California, I got to get my, my flow down, my flow, you know. So. And then I get, we got to get my flow. So let me just give everybody an update. <clears throat> A lot of updates lately. So, um, with the podcast, first, let me say this about you two percenters, all of you, 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 you have been without a doubt, the best listening radio podcast, whatever audience I've ever experienced with the announcement of us moving to Sacramento, you're breathing really fucking heavy. Sorry. Jesus Christ, dude. I was like going to call 911. Um, so, uh, the, the, the audience has been amazing. Like, you guys have just supported the cause, and then when they announced it on 98 Rock here in Sacramento that we're the new afternoon show, you guys jumped in on the social yes. media. 
and it was cool. Um, and 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 it wasn't like you you guys were saying very nice things about us. It wasn't like you were sticking up for us. I mean, of course you're going to have a couple people that are naysayers. I get it. It's the radio industry. You know, one post resonated with me probably the most. And you know, there was an afternoon show before us that was very popular and had a big brand in the market, and they were very successful. And I don't know them, and I don't know what happened to them. But they're just no longer there. Obviously, we're there. And radio is a revolving door. And you get bitter, you get disgruntled, and then you move on to bigger and better things, hopefully, if you're that type of person. But the audience doesn't know any of that. And the audience gets invested in... the people they like. Yeah, in radio shows. Mm -hmm. And the only people they have to take it out on are the company and the next show. Exactly. Right? And so... Trust me when I say I've seen this before. <laughs> I've followed very big shows in large markets, and I've seen fan bases, and I know what it's like to win over a fan base. I always say that the first day, if not week, of a radio show is like a NASCAR race, and I'm not even a NASCAR fan. 25% of the people actually go to see who wins the race. The other 75% want to see the crash on turn four, right? That's what a first day slash week of a radio show is. I promise anytime I start a new radio show, you'll see the crash. <laughs> that's guaranteed. <laughs> if, that's what you're, if that's what you're hoping for, then you'll get it because that's what makes radio different from any other medium, including podcasting, is that the live factor, and I've said this from day one on this podcast, it's the one thing I miss about Terrestrial Radio, is the live factor. You have to be good enough, smart enough, witty enough, talented enough to make the car crash look like you're not injured. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, that is something you're very good at. But own that you got beat up. (laughs) You can't play like it didn't happen. Your 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 car is demolished. You can't say I didn't get in a car wreck. All you can do is get out and say I'm fine. It's just a flesh wound. You know. Carry on. <laughs> Dude, your arm is in the passenger seat. Yeah, but but I'm fine. I'm fine. It's, it's okay. We're we're we're, we're fine. Uh, and then it's also you know very much like a honeymoon in a relationship. You know the kinky stuff is the first year, Ooh. right? You know it's like me, you, neighbor's dog, and like let's just try it once. And why not? Let's do it. Your sister's cool, right? Let's do that. Mm, no, no. That's not so it. What's that? So it is. So it is like a NASCAR race. <laughs> so, so, so the the first you know year of that relationship is the honeymoon period. It's the same with the first six months year to a radio show. You don't walk into a party and meet somebody for the first time and go, "Hi, my name's Jason Bailey. When I was five, I got chewing gum stuck in my armpit, and then when I was seven, I, I looked up a lady's skirt at the uh, at the Safeway, and then at ten years old, um, I, I pulled out a plastic gun at the bank and pretended to rob the guy. And at twelve years old, I used my first racist term, and my mom told me it was bad. You just don't rattle stuff off like that, you know. You hey, nice shirt, cool. Where'd you get that? Hey, dude, that, that was, I've seen those shoes before. You you make it. Small talk. Small talk, and then you build up. Hey, let me grab you a beer. And then when you come back, hey, where are you from? Oh, my God, my aunt's from there. Yeah. And then you start getting there. Mm-hmm. That's the same formula, same blueprint for anything that's new. You know, the radio shows can't just go in there and go, you're listening to me because I'm awesome. You know? So we just <laughs> go in there, be ourselves, do our normal thing, and people will be attracted to that. That's what I think. Well, when we air this, because we're going to air these on Wednesday, so that's the other thing I get to on, on how, what we're going to be doing. So we'll air, we'll air, we're going to do one show a week, 
and it'll be long form. You'll get a guest. We got a really, really cool guest. We got a cool guest um, this episode, but we got a really cool guest. Well, I don't want to say it's better. It sounds like it's better. We got a very cool <laughs> guest. I'm very excited about an upcoming guest. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh, it, like, I never in a million years thought I'd talk to this guy. It's just really cool. I'll give you a hint. Dun dun. That's all I want to say. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Dun dun. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. It's very, very cool stuff. So we'll do the um, the BS podcast once, once a, week. a week. All right. You've got to stop breathing so heavy, bro. It's like, it's. You, you, <laughs> I feel like I'm doing a podcast with Darth Vader. I got to turn my headphones off because I can't hear the breathing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I hear it. Between your bodily functions and this guy breathing like he's <laughs> on a treadmill when he's sitting on a couch. Nate, would you like to make a noise in Mexico? <laughs> Hola! <laughs> so we'll do we'll do this. We'll release our episode uh, on Wednesdays once a week, and it'll be the long form. You'll get the you know the big uh, segments, and then the guest, and then the bonus content for the premium two percenters. It'll still be released the same way. Uh, I'll get back to sending out the full length videos of the shows. People were like, "Where's last week's?" Well, everybody got to see last week's because it was the announcement of us right. coming to Sacramento and stuff. So, you know, now that I'm kind of settled in a little bit, even though this is the first week on the air live, um, I have more of a schedule. So thank you for bearing with me and, and all that stuff. And back to you guys being so awesome. Some of the stuff you guys are, were commenting on was just like so supportive. And, you know, whether you listen to me in Orlando and you're still sticking around and you listen to Atlanta and you're still sticking around and, you know, these Sacramento people are are been very nice. The, the new fans in, in the Sacramento audience like, everybody's worried, like, oh, my God, what are they going to say on social media? Like, look, if if people that go on social media, and there have been very few of these people, I don't know if any, unless they're blocking them or hiding the comments or something from me, but uh, if if you go on social media to tell someone that you don't know, they suck, okay, or wish horrible things, okay, I'm not mad at you. It's not me that you're upset with. You have something else in your life going on. And this is an easy bump to get it off your chest. It's like a heroin addict. That's what keyboard warriors do. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's bigger. It's like, you know, I'm a psych guy, right? So it's it's a bigger thing. It's they they have something else going on and it feels good to release that anger cuz it's easy. But they don't mean it. I mean, they mean it, but it's just because, like you said, they do have something else going on in their lives, and so this is an easy outlet for them. I definitely think they mean it. See, now, I just think where I, I just think people don't like change, and and they want. There's nobody to yell at when things change, so social media is the easiest thing to yell at. Yeah. <laughs> where I would back him up, and where I think that they don't really mean it is if you can get one on one with these trolls. Sometimes it's even if you just send a message to them, but if like you see them at an event later and figure out who they are and confront them, even gently, they'll go, you know what, man, I was having a bad day. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have taken it out on you. My boss has been riding me. You know, my wife is about to leave, whatever. I've just got all of this nastiness built up and I just let it go and you were the target. So I did, uh, when I first got to Atlanta, it, you know, there wasn't uh, there wasn't anywhere nearly as much kickback as I, I thought there'd be because I was following a very big uh, branded heritage show. And just everybody hated the host. The form, I mean, like, I'd never seen anything like it. Like, they loved the brand, but they hated the guy that led the, the show. It, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. So I didn't get much backlash. 
but the few I thought I'd take advantage of. And it's actually, I thought it was a pretty clever bit. So I did the haters lunch and I had people that I had people call up and give a reason why you hate somebody on the show, like right from the get go. It was like the first week and even people that had been there for a while. Uh, and so then we took them out to lunch. I forget where we went. It was like one of those bar grill. Oh, Taco Mac. It was like a bar grill type place. And so we sit down and you talk about the universe working in mysterious ways and the guy that's hated on me is sitting down and we're talking, you know, it's obviously very awkward at first, but our job is to win him over. So we're talking, we're chit-chatting and stuff. And then I come to find out that he is the grandson of a woman who just at that time, this was, you know, 10 years ago, nine, eight years ago, uh, recently passed that I used to have almost on a daily basis on my radio show in Orlando at Real Radio. Uh, old, old lady, it was it old lady Ethel, right? What was her name? Old lady Ellen. Old lady Ellen, and and we would and we would she would call up and she, would, oh, I just love you, and you got to stop talking dirty, you know. And she was the sweetest, <laughs> sweetest woman in the world. And you give her kisses, right? At the end, at the end of each call, I'd be like, all right, all right, old lady Ellen, give me a kiss, and she go, la 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 la, go la 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 la. la. <laughs> So gross, but so funny. Yeah, it, it was it was a good bit. She was a great sport. She was good radio, and so fast forward years later, I'm sitting here at this haters lunch. Out of all the people that could have called up, he didn't know who I was because I you know I wasn't going by Buckethead I, in Atlanta. I was going by Jason Bailey. Had no idea, and it's that guy. So wow. it just goes to show, you know, we're all just you know, three degrees away. Right. You know, sometimes a lot less than that. So, so you'll get the one show Nate and uh, his wife, Alexis are going to do a full blown Mexican uh, Mexico moment, which I've been wanting Nate to do for a long, long time. And we just have to figure out what we're all doing first. I just think that's going to kill. It is. It is. Nate has a lot of good things that he does on a regular basis, not a every now and then, but a regular basis. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have started recording or not or released. I Because, I, again, today we're recording this before, so I don't know. But I, I'm just assuming you two are going to have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Yeah. Alexis is in. We just we have to figure out how we're doing it because I only have one microphone. Um, so we might have to share until I get another one. But, yeah, we'll figure it out. It'll be fun. Do you have a, a, a dual output on your... I don't. Scott, no. Why don't you order a new one? Um, like a hundred bucks. I'd have to. Be, oh no, they're like three hundred dollars. Are they really? Yeah, because yeah. the one I have, uh, my friend, she bought it for me to like, you know, pour into our podcast. So she paid like two fifty, three hundred for it. That's something you got to learn about Nikki Nelson. Yeah, she loves when people pay for her stuff. She, no, she, she just is, did that. Don't we know. all? She, she is the most passive aggressive freeloader I've ever met. Like for her birthday, people just pull, like her friends would be like, oh, girl, here's a new hat. Here's a new wig. And she's like, oh, oh my. she starts to go fund me. It's, a, it's a, a whole thing. It's, 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 it's nuts. Like you'll just, she doesn't, she just, she just kind of rolls through it. She doesn't pay much attention to it, but you try to pick up. She's like, oh, this guy the other day used to. I used to, you know, I used to see him around the way like ten years ago. He just dropped me off a Ford Escort. 
think I've already seen that in action. Like, I've seen people send things here to her, and then I hear you give her grief about it. Yeah. I'm picking up on this. Yeah, my friend, my friend sent me these headphones I have on right now. Yeah, see, she doesn't even actually have to work. She's doing this because she loves radio. But she just works one month a year during her birthday, and she just lives off that birthday money. <laughs> not true yeah she's been doing really well in the gym and watching what she eats but now i know why you know you put on a few pounds after you got out of the navy it's that sugar daddy we're trying to get you a sugar-free uh, daddy <laughs> <laughs> i wish i've always wanted a sugar daddy the problem is you can't work daddy, at wing house or hooters <laughs> no the sugar daddy started wanting butt they used to just you just to be able to talk to him one in butt? They started wanting butt, so you couldn't get a sugar daddy no more. Wanting butt? Yes, that means they want you to sleep with them now. Yeah, Before you used butt. to just have to oh, talk to them. I thought you meant they were like, they they jumped off their game. They want anal. <laughs> <laughs> That's what no. I thought. <laughs> Hell no. They can no. do anything they want to me. Tie me up, gag me, whip me, yeah. pour hot They're wax in my boogies. nipples. Yeah, shoot boogies at me. But they ain't getting in the butt. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. Of course sugar daddies want ass. I mean, They didn't used to. No, they just didn't press you for it. They mm. always wanted ass. Of course. Absolutely. That's a fact. Yeah, I agree with you. No, they're like, here, drink this cloudy drink. And then you know, <laughs> wake up the next day and <laughs> got $100 on the nightstand. <laughs> Do you need a new roof? <laughs> I, I knew a couple girls back in Orlando um, that worked at, you know, a certain restaurant where the girls walk around all dressed sexy and stuff and they owned it man and some of them had boyfriends that knew that they had the sugar daddy oh well and i mean he's prospering yeah, he's profiting he, from this yeah but was she giving up the butt oh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. To the sugar daddy oh yeah 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 and the, and i saw actually one of them used used to be a good friend of rachel's and i was at the restaurant because rachel was the gm and i saw the guy and he was a good look, like he was a distinguished gentleman. Exactly. Very okay. good. Yeah. He was a distinguished gentleman. Okay. And I'm going, so why would you do this? But I think for as not that I would do this, but as I get older, I'm starting to realize uh, there are certain things that you didn't ever think that you would think as a younger man. Uh, and I got, and I got the big wake up. Well, not that I need it again. I'm not, I'm not the freaky <laughs> old guy. I'm not the pervert, but we, so we have a live broadcast this week on Thursday at twin peaks. It's the only twin peaks in California. Uh, twin peaks is a restaurant where the girls dress sexy. You know, it's, um, good food, uh, bar grill stuff. This is a beautiful establishment. It's, it's in the city and blah, blah, blah. So we went out there. I went to go meet the GM, introduce myself, uh, the sales guy, one of the most amazing sales staffs I've ever seen. This guy is just just the upper echelon of awesome. His name's Corey. And so we go out to lunch, takes me out to lunch there. We're talking life. We have a lot in common. And, you know, we share a lot of things and this and this and that. And, and then he shows me the, the little area in the back. But before we did that, our waitress, you know, she was a very good waitress. But she's dressed sexy, very beautiful young girl. And she was wearing this perfume. That was amazing. And I'm not, as you know, a big perfume I guy. was about to say, to hear you say perfume smells amazing, I'm already side-eyeing. Yeah, and you know, that's I haven't had that conversation with the big fella yet about the cologne, but we'll get there. <laughs> um, so, but th there's certain perfumes that are like, I don't want to say aphrodisiac. Like, Rach wears a perfume. She actually left it for me when she went back to Atlanta. 
That was so Aww, sad. Because <laughs> she know, and I spray it on my bed every night. I was just saying, yeah, spray it right on yeah. the pillow. Yeah, I do. I do because it's called I, Febreze. <laughs> Poopery. <laughs> and it's just because I love the smell, and it's it's her smell, and it reminds me of her, and, and it kind of turns me on a little bit, which is probably not a good idea to smell it. But anyway, so this perfume that this girl had on, I had, you know, you get like deja smell. You yeah. smelled something prior, and mm-hmm. I'm smelling it. I'm going, I've smelled this smell before, and I caught myself. I was going to go compliment her on her perfume and then say, what is that? And Why then, didn't you? Because I'm a 47-year-old guy. It's creepy. Yeah, among a sea of other is middle-aged it? guys at a restaurant like this, and it's a it's creepy, right? Pickup line, Nelson. Yes, and even if it's not creepy, he wants to err on the side of caution in case it is, and then she finds out he's Bailey on 98 Rock. No way. But listen, <laughs> people stop me all the time and ask me what I'm wearing. I've never felt like it was creepy. You didn't look like her. What does that oh, mean? Oh, that's cold. I wasn't going to say that. Well, she was white. Dang. That's all. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. That, that's yeah. not what he meant. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. It, but th- that's probably you being naive that it's a pickup line. I could see that. Also, are we talking like 20, 30 years your senior coming on? Because this girl's what? Got to be 22 working well, at a Twin Peaks is my I'm guess. I'm an old man magnet. Old men hit on me all the time. Okay. okay. But I'm just Humble saying brag. a lot of people say that. <laughs> old man hit on me all the time. They do. When's the last time an old guy's hit on you? Right before I left Atlanta. Like, seriously, I'm an old man magnet. More old men hit on me than young ones. Black or white? It doesn't matter. Both? Black, white, whatever. If yeah. they're old, they're coming for I'm me. I'm imagining a seasoned black guy, though. I'm, you know what I mean? He's finally starting to show that he's actually 60. Yeah, the distinguished older black gentleman. You know what? I don't even get the distinguished ones. I get the ones that got a tooth missing or something. Oh, no. Their speech <laughs> might not be all that good. They're a deacon in the church, but they got real old suits. I get those. Deacon is what I also felt, <laughs> too. Deacon. You know? I knew it was going to say deacon. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> They've got that uh, suit that they buy at the store in the mall. That's yes. just just named like Razor, you know. And it's like it's, it's elbow patches. It's gold. <laughs> it's gold with a purple silk shirt. <laughs> Who shot the couch? <laughs> Those offshoot stores. They here, this mall here in Sacramento. Well, in Roseville, I should say, uh, is absolutely. It's it's if there's ever a reason for me to move to Sacramento, California, it'd be just because of the mall. And most of you know my fascination with malls. In fact, infatuation with the yes, mall. Yes, that that's a good word. Yeah. Infatuation. Infatuation. Thank you, you. Sometimes I need help with my Inglo. You're right. Um, though I, I like to walk around malls, even if it's by myself, like I did last night. Same. Well, I do it. Why do you do it? Just because it makes me well. It, I exercise. Like to watch the people. It's power walk. Exercise. No, I'll take breaks. No, it's the people, and it makes it, I don't know, it makes me feel like a kid again. I take breaks. Every time I pass Aunt Annie's, that's a oh, lot. We, <laughs> we taking a break and get that dip off. I don't know, it makes me feel like a kid, and especially out here it reminds me of it because malls uh, back where I'm from don't look like this anymore. They don't have this many people. This You could tell me, you could take a video of this mall, and outside of updated logos and things, I believe it was a shot from 1995. Yeah, that that's that's... I get, I get that. I, I, the the kid thing. Mine goes a little bit deeper because you know my grandmother, my rock, my world. Uh, when I was a kid, we would you know walk to the Annapolis Mall from her apartment complex because she, you know, never learned to drive, never got a license, mm-hmm. and that was when I'd go visit her. That would be our weekend trek, 
and I, oh, you know, she'd cool. buy me a toy, and we would do the whole, you know, stereotypical thing. We'd sit down on a bench and have a tuna fish sandwich and, and that kind of thing. And so Christmas time, I love the mall. The problem is, is the mall back in Atlanta, uh, the North Point Mall, I like it, and I go there, but there's nobody there, and all the shops are closing, and they're getting ready to renovate it, so they're going to tear it down. And so, you know, the idea is that malls are dead. Dude, Nate, this mall ain't dead. I've been twice and it's taken me 20 minutes to find a parking spot. Damn. I haven't seen you an empty You have to go to the yet. extended lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I actually had to. I, now I have my own little place that I go, my little sneaky place. Uh, and there's always people. There's an arcade that takes up like a corner of the mall. And it's got a bowling alley. It's got a, a, a snack bar. You know, it's got cool games. It's, it's like a Dave and Buster's in the mall. So there's tons of stuff for kids to do. I saw last night, they have ping pong tables in the mall. Right. I saw a dude that had to have been a professional ping pong player. And he was practicing in the mall. He was like. By himself? No, he was with another dude. But he's like five feet from the table. And he's doing the big wind up forehand, top spin, wind up forehand, top. Like Forrest Gump, wind up forehand, top spin, wind up forehand, top spin. I was like, what the shit? Why is this guy playing ping pong in the mall and doing it so well? You know, is there a facility for you to go to, sir, right. or buy one on Amazon and play at home? So, like, that was cool. And there's just people and, and young people walking around the mall and smiling and laughing and buying things. And the stores don't close at 6 o'clock going, we had to close an hour early because the mall closes at 7 because we were short-staffed. No, that's a lie. If you're there at 6, you're not short-staffed. You can stay an extra hour, you lazy son of a bitch. I haven't been to the mall yet. We're going to go today. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm, I'm yeah, because I'm getting my feet rubbed. And you go, movie theater? Of course. Yeah. Movie nice. Theater. Yeah. What, what are the anchor? What are like the big anchor stores? Like the department stores? Macy's, Nordstrom's, and Penny. Believe it or not. Ooh, JC yeah. Penny, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I even saw a Sears when I was in the city yes uh, yesterday. Uh, what? Sears. I thought they were all close. So did too. I. I don't know if it's a shell or what, but I saw a Sears. So mm. had still the gimmick on the side. Oh wow. Yeah. So I'll take you to the mall today. Okay. So I'm going to go back and buy stuff. They got name brand, and this isn't what he focuses on, but they got name brand food there too. You know what I mean, Nate? Like the mall back where I'm from has got like six restaurants you've never heard of, like a Waldo's or something. You know what I mean? It sells like, <laughs> yeah. it sells like hot dogs and it sells slices of pizza. So it's like you got real stores in this mall. Yeah. That, well, oh, nice. they, they're, they're, I think, like maybe one or two, you know, offshoot stores, but they're cool offshoot stores. Right. You know, like you Not go a bunch of no name ones that you never heard of. Come yeah, on. like when you walk in, you go straight to the back to somebody's trunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's not like, it's not like that. And, and they've got like a huge Lulu's uh, store. They've got uh, it's the third time I've heard you bring up that damn Lululemon store. Yeah, well, I just started buying some of their stuff. It's actually pretty comfy. Okay. Oh, you went to the dark side. He did, Nate. That's what I said. Every <laughs> time I hear that word, I'm, only one thought crosses my mind. I know, I know. It's cool, man. It's cool. Lulu store. Now, we went, there was a store in Vegas, and Rach wanted to go in, and when she was looking around and stuff, and and then, you know, I was like, I'll look around, and you know, I was trying to fight it, and... Don't find it. And then and then, I, then I found out it was next to the Psycho Bunny store, and I had to go. <laughs> you know what's funny is that in this mall here in, uh, in in Roseville, coming this spring, a Psycho Bunny store right next to the Lululemon store. Kid you not. What? Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> Shit follows me everywhere. <laughs> 
so yeah, so you know, I can't tell you about how the launch went because you know we haven't done it yet, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure it went fine. Well, I'll tell you, it went great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Another funny thing that I've noticed out here is no one spells their name like how you would normally spell a name. Not a chance. Everybody's like, "Hi, I'm Stanley," spelled with a C. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Where? Where's the C? And that's so true because the girl who did my hair yesterday, I don't even know how her name, how she spelled it, but her name's Asia. But it, it I'm like, what's your name? Because I didn't know how to pronounce it because I was typed. She's like Asia. I'm like, what? Spelled with a K. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the X is silent. Sorry. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't find anybody in my email. Because they spell their name different. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say wrong or goofy. It's just they, like, until I get to know them and how they, like, you know, it's like, hey, I'm looking for, you know, uh, I'm looking for Lisa. And it was like, oh, no, 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 no. She doesn't spell it L-I-S-A. I was like, oh, okay, how does she spell it? She spells it with an H and a Q. What? what? Yep. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> right. Where, where, where do they? E-E-S-U-A. Where, where do they go? And then, where do, where, can you just spell it out for me? So, uh, so it's a little, it's a little tricky. I don't know if it's a California thing or what to spell your name all. Yeah, I just looked. She spelled hers with a J. How, you said her name was Asia. Yes. Where's the J? AJ. A S J A. Yeah. I see now. I think I would have been able to sound that one out. I would have seen the J. Ja. No, I would have seen the J. Ja. I would have said Astra. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Hello, Can I ask you something. <laughs> Can I ask you? <laughs> Can I ask? <laughs> Sorry, I'm from Atlanta. <laughs> so the the uh, the lady the lady that cut my hair, you know, I, I had to find a place, and you know, I have all these issues with finding people to cut my hair. I'm probably the only person in the world that's ever been fired from their haircut chick. Facts. Yeah, uh, yeah, she yeah. fired me. Because um, <laughs> you're too particular. No, because uh, he's too punctual. Yeah, because I'm on time. <laughs> And she wasn't. Yeah, so there, it was this oh, okay. there, this salon that I'd been going to before it was what it is now. Like, I was OG. And so I was grandfathered in at $20 a haircut. And this little old, like, uh, Asian woman owned it. And then it was bought by this really, really nice younger woman that has been very successful with running this business. She's opened up a couple and, and just done very well for herself. And she's got a good staff and I enjoyed going up. It was right up the street. It was convenient. They only charged me 20 bucks. They did a decent job. Good job. And so, um, there was, I didn't know cutting guys hair was a thing. Like I thought it was pretty easy. You know, I, th- I thought women's hair you know, right. was difficult. And so, uh, cutting guys hair, I guess is a, is a particular, you have to know how to cut guys hair. So you only had like one person that worked there cause it was obviously predominantly for women. And so I, they, they would rotate as hair people do, you know, they come, they go. And this one young girl that was cutting my hair, you know, slightly annoying. Um, you know, she was part of this new generation, this body shame, not body shaming thing. Like she'd wear like little clothes and have her mm-hmm. belly sticking out and flabbing and stuff like that. So she, uh, she was cool. She was decent. But anyway, one day, like I, I'm on time. And if you're not on, if you want me to, if you schedule me and I have to make sure I'm on time, it's like Mr. Hond in, in, in fast times at Richmond high, Mr. Hond, the way I see it is if I'm here and you're here, it's our time, you know, that kind of thing. So it it's, if you're scheduling me, so it's convenient for you and it's weeks in advance and I'm there 
not only on time, but early, you sure the shit should be there on time. If, exactly. If not early. Exactly. And if you're not, you give me, because stuff happens, comes up, you give me enough of a heads up that you, uh, you're you not going to be there. That's fine. So it was one day, and I was having a bad day, and I had a lot to do, and I get up there, and I waited 15 minutes. And she finally comes out, and she's, like, eating a sandwich or something. So she made me wait <laughs> while she stuffed her fat face. There, now I understand why you're talking about the belly hanging out in the clothes. I was like, why was why what's this non sequitur before we get into why she fired him? And then, sandwich. And then I, so then I you know I sat down and then the next time she was late again. And 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 I was just assuming that she was back there munching on Cheetos or something. So I told the front desk girl, I go, I ain't got time for this. This is the second time. I I, I can't I today I cannot do it. So I left. And then I get uh and they're like, Would you like to reschedule? And I was just mad. I was like, no. And I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll call you. So like a week goes by and I called and I said, yeah, let me you know schedule. I, I can come in. When is she available? She's like, yes, she's um, asked uh, for you to find a different stylist. <laughs> wow. So I'm telling this story on the air. This is during COVID or like right after COVID or lockdown. I'm telling this story on the air and supposedly one of the her friends was listening and knew a person on the show and text them and was like, yeah, he's cheap. And I was like, cheap. I was like, no, like I pay my $20 and I tip her $5 every time. I mean, that's, you know, I think that's fair. That's what she, yeah. she want for a tip? I don't know. So she, they were mad obviously. Cause I was telling the story. <laughs> fair. And so the, so they, 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 I think she gets fired or she leaves one of the two. She was not no longer there. So they had a new girl come in. Which she was very cool. And so the first day I went and got my hair cut from her, um, I gave her a $100 tip on top of $20. Just <laughs> wow. to be a Just smarty. to be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I was say, what a... Like, oh, I know. Yeah. Have you ever heard of somebody being a dick by tipping somebody too much? Not once. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, say that out loud and tell me how that sounds. It just doesn't sound right. Uh, so anyway, so I found my... Anyway, my point was, is her name was, I think, Janelle, spelled with like eight L's. <laughs> they do do that with Janelle. They do do throw in the extra L's. Yeah, they, I've seen that. It's like eight eight N's and eight L's, and but at least it makes sense. It's not like a an off letter. It's not an X or a silent. They J. want you to roll the L's, Janelle. Yeah, like that. Yeah, baby. Oh, don't. No, no, you can't yeah. do it. You can't. She tries. It's a pigeon noise. <laughs> she she tries to roll her L's and her R's, and she thinks she's being cool, but she sounds stupid. I sound cool. Go again. You sound like a pigeon, dude. <laughs> that is a bird noise. That's, that's a little Nicki D. Minaj. <laughs> Thank you, Nate. I'll take it. Some people were asking uh, about, you know, things that we've done and will we continue to do. Uh, so I don't know if Brandon's going to join us or not. So uh, I haven't talked to him, so I don't know. We can continue to do one question if he wants to. Um I think last time I talked to him, I said, why don't you move it to your podcast? Because uh, the Clueless 2 will continue. So it'll be Clueless 2, Nate's Mexico Moment, and the BS. And those will be that'll be your lineup um, for the week. But <laughs> this was kind of cool. People were like, no Mad Dog Manny anymore? What? No more Mad? I was like, I didn't realize you guys liked Manny so they much. They love Manny. I saw everybody saying that. I'm like, look at Manny, little superstar. So I, I was taking screenshots, and I said, because uh, he was, you know, after his last visit, because he liked to come over. And yeah, he did. That's his thing. He likes to come over and sit down. And 
And I don't think he has many friends. So he likes to come over and sit down. Don't do many. And, and, and so he goes, <laughs> well, get settled. And then let's, you know, once you figure out what you're going to do, let me know. So I texted him the other night and I said, hey, you know, I'm settled. I'm ready. You know, we're going to continue to do this. And uh, uh, but we're doing it once a week. So if you just want to come on once a month, that'd be cool. He didn't respond. I was like, what? You know, why? So I, a couple days later, I text him again, just some question marks. He goes, oh, sorry, I'm down in South Florida. I'm doing a trial for some rapper named Little Dolph. I guess he's a big deal. Little Dolph? Yeah, like dolphin. Say what? You like know, dolphin. <laughs> do you know a little dolph? Where he's like an old man, like young little, little Gandalf. <laughs> and they killed him, so. Uh, yeah, hold on, let me see. He starts all the tracks off with a little... <laughs> no, no, Brandon, no. Brandon messaged me he's in Kentucky visiting his family uh let's see little young I'm sorry young Dolph oh yes yeah he's young. dead oh they killed him oh. last year oh, oh no he's not even self I got all this messed up sorry he's about that Memphis Memf- yeah very good going to Memphis for murder case of rapper young Dolph dang Manny was that the uh the son of uh the guy Rocky beaten for no oh. Not. Isn't that Dolph Lundgren? Young Dolph was a yeah. very yeah, okay. famous rapper. I get it now. Sorry. They yeah. killed I him did outside not follow of a young Dolph. How'd Young store. Dolph died? They that. killed him outside of a cookie store. They shot him. Oh, no. Yep. Why? To he, make cookies? Well, you know how rappers do the beef and the rivalries and all those things. And he's one of those rappers who want to give back to where he comes from, which I get it. But when you reach a certain state of celebrity and you know people are jealous and they want to kill you, you just don't go back to the hood where you're from. But that's what he did. He was back in the hood where he's from. He was giving back. It was holidays right before Christmas. He went in a cookie store, came out of the cookie store. They shot him. Wow. So it was a gang thing? It's not even a gang. It's just uh, rivals who didn't like him, people who didn't like him. I shouldn't use the word rival because that sounds like a gang, but just and people that, that didn't like him. And that is how Amos got famous. <laughs> <laughs> Did they ever uh, arrest the, the... Yeah, they have the people it, who shot him arrested. Please tell me it was the Cookie Monster. It was not the Cookie Monster. <laughs> yeah, a little crumble. <laughs> <laughs> That's a brand. <laughs> of course it is. We yeah. went there last week. Well, I thought you knew Ooh. that. That's why you said it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was the one that there's no E on it. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it is like a name out there. They just spell weird. Right. A little, little crumble. So, so, so would they be considered, remember this conversation we were having in the gym the other day? Would they be considered professional villains because that's what they do? He wasn't an innocent party. There was a beef. There was a reason. He was an innocent party. He, he was? didn't personally do anything to these people. He didn't shoot one of them or kill their mama or nothing. He was innocent. Yeah, but he was wrapped up in that world, which you don't have to shoot somebody to get shot. You know, so once you're wrapped up in that world. It's the rap beef. Yeah, they did have some, some yeah. rap beef. Okay. So they do think another rapper, um, Gotti, had something to do with it. But that hasn't been proven. So we were having this conversation in the gym with the four Americans that got killed in Mexico. Mm-hmm. That's not too far from you, right, Nate? Like about hours. Oh, no, it, you're actually way closer than I am. Oh, aren't you on the east? You're on the east side of Mexico, right? Yeah, but this happened on the border of Texas. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. For some reason, I thought it was closer to you. Are correct? Yeah, by Brownsville. So anyway, yeah. So yeah. The, the the most people I think know the story. There were four African American uh, uh, Americans that came from our side. Crossed over uh, into the Mexico side, allegedly 
trying to get plastic surgery for the second time. They were kidnapped, gunned down. Two of them were. Two of them escaped. The cartel uh, that took responsibility for this is apologizing and then offering up the people and saying, that's not our style. You can take them. So there's like, and then when it first happened, it was, you know, again, we live in such a great country where you don't even need to know the details. You just jump on the political divide bandwagon and just start spouting shit off, right? Just so whatever riles up your people. It's such a gimmick that people fall for. I can't believe we in this country still fall for that shit that you believe this dude on the news that you know nothing about. And just because he's got a camera in front of his face, you're going, yeah, yeah. So not to say that we should not help take down the cartel, but we never will because I think most of them actually work for the United States. Like we work in conjunction with each other. Have you ever seen any of these movies or documentaries and all that stuff? But anyway, either way. So I was telling Nikki, I go, first off, I don't believe that these four individuals were going into Mexico just for plastic surgery. They've yeah. got a history of drugs, and it's just there's more to the story. You can't just jump on the day one going, Americans were killed in Mexico. We're going down there now with the tanks and the bombs and the guns and the zombie, zombie. That's where we're going. You can't do that. Yeah, because they didn't release enough information initially. It just says four Americans was crossing over and they kidnapped them. So that's all you saw and that's all you knew. But then when the second story came out, like it's a woman getting plastic surgery and three men were going for support. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, three in, men. In a, <laughs> yeah, she's a mother of six. And, and actually, there was three with her. But I also read that there was a fourth person that stayed in Brownsville, Texas. And when they didn't come back, they, they went to the police oh. and said, hey our friends are missing and and nothing happened like the police didn't do anything they just looked in the jail and didn't do anything so it's very odd that this lady a mother of six and like four dudes just rolled down to mexico from south carolina it's very fishy very fishy so i'm sitting there and i'm having a conversation Nikki. i'm going you know the cartel just doesn't kill innocent people unless you're caught in the crossfire of one of their little gang wars right right Mm -hmm. it's like there's something to be said about there's a professional bad guy you know, like uh, professional murderers are murderers because they're sick. They're not professional villains. Right. They're like serial killers and stuff. They're just jacked up in the head. But people that work for organizations, they only kill you if, you know, it's part of their job. You owe them something. Right. You Drug know, deals gone bad, stuff like that. No difference than any other government in the world, right? Governments kill people every day mm-hmm. for specific reasons, and they're supposedly not murderers. But they're doing it for, as I think everybody pawns it off as uh, national security, right? So I'm going, it, you, okay, so th- this is going to start World War III with the Mexican cartel. And it's a catch-22 because you can't say that the cartel should not be taken down because they should. They're bad people, you know. But I don't think you can sit there and go, all right, these four individuals that we know nothing about on why they've gone down there are going to start a war that could possibly get Americans killed, I just like like let's just take a step back and think about it for for a second. Now the murder in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, where Nate lives, that I believe I don't even think that was from a local. I think that was from some psycho vacationer um, that killed that that killed that woman in the hotel. That just happened. Yeah, that just happened a couple days. Uh, Oh, recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. As long as you're not typically involved is a lot of times when it comes out if it is like a foreigner like a canadian guy or something he got uh 
he got real into real estate, made a bunch of money, wasn't paying the cartel their share, and then you know gets off that way. So it's it's usually they're they're into something that's going to lead to something like that. Well, I think in her case too it was a sexual assault. I think they said she was sexually assaulted. Yeah. The article I read from People they didn't give a lot of details, and I'm I meant to go look under another news source to see if it was any updates. I hadn't seen anything though. What do you think people would say if something like that happened to us? Like, what would be the first response? Like, would they speculate like we just did and go, yeah. like, Nikki, when when she, you were down there with Nate in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, God forbid something happened to you, but hypothetically speaking, not, we know you, so we would know what is true and what is not true, but for Joe General Public, well, pff, probably deserved it. I mean, just well, I mean, out there looking for a sugar daddy and <laughs> throwing out anal to everybody in Mexico. <laughs> Giving it up, you know. It's all like, who's knocker? You're eventually going to get killed. You know, that's just that's a fact. <laughs> uh, no, I think people who know me probably would have been like, she probably got into an altercation with somebody or cussed them out. It was a fight, right? Older. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they'd be like, oh, the say. bar probably didn't give her a straw. <laughs> no joke. You are correct. Yeah, that would be that would be yours. <laughs> that would be mine. Yeah, I'd be like, you know. I'm sure they're not a horrible person. Sometimes Nikki just asks for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they didn't know to say haddish. They didn't know to say for it. <laughs> and I would probably be the same way, right? Yes. I, uh, if something like that happened to me, nobody would be surprised. You'd be like, nope. Bailey can be a dick sometimes. I mean, just in that black cloud just got to him. I mean, that, that would be the response, right? The, the black cloud. That if there Anything that I leave this world with is you guys on social media going, cancer yep he finally got that black cloud <laughs> <laughs> he got aids from a plant you know that only bailey yeah that's his luck only bailey can get the hiv from a, uh, right. a rose bush <laughs> what about nelson what would we say about nelson oh he just wouldn't shut the fuck up yeah that's what they would say they would go this he would just not shut up we had to kill him I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I wouldn't have even said anything offensive. I would have just been too loud for too long, and it would have to be off switch. And the oh, cop no. would say, "Look, I understand why he killed yep. him. <laughs> I, I just looked at the video footage. Justified, is yeah. what They call that. It's it's a new self defense. Um, he was assaulting you with his mouth, yes. <laughs> with the Easy. volume. His yeah. volume was yeah. too loud. Easy. If I'm, I'm getting it out there that I'm mouth assaulting people, mm. Nate's the only one where we'd be like, "Why? Exactly. Yes. What did Nate do? <laughs> what did he do? You know, now you, it would probably be like, oh, he's probably buying weed from some sketchy guy or something. Yep. You know? That's that well, is what is. I would probably say. I would, I would have been like, Nate's probably too trusting. He don't follow some dude through the alley. They got him. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, sure. I'll jump in your van. Where are we going? <laughs> yeah. They got him. <laughs> you know, people are questioning your decision not to come with us um, because where we moved is like if there were another name for Sacramento, it would be called Nate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, this city is tailor-made to you. It is. It, it is. You know, Nelson's not arguing with it, but this this city is, ta I mean, everywhere I go, I smell weed. So, there you go. Yeah. Check for Nate. You know, there's breweries everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. You know, so that just screams I thought about Nate. you the other day. Those I passed two, a brewery. <laughs> yep, those are two big selling points I definitely considered for sure. People take their dogs everywhere. People walk Ooh. their dogs in the mall. Mm-hmm. In the mall. Uh, with no leash. Oh, actually, let me tell you a story real quick. So when I was at the mall last night, 
and I was coming down the escalator in one of the department stores, and I see this uh, like middle-aged Asian woman. She was walking. This was the third dog I'd seen walking in the mall, which I, I didn't see the last time, which is cool because I love dogs, and I'm like, you know, and I talked to him like that. And so she had this little white foo-foo dog, and it had a vest on. It wasn't a service dog, just had a vest on. And the dog, oh, it was Nordstrom's. So it was, you know, classy kind of place, right? Mm-hmm. And it's got the tile where you walk, the white tile. And this woman is in the middle, like right dead in front of me as I'm coming down the escalator in the middle of the tile. And she's pulling her dog on the leash. The dog did not want to move. <laughs> and now the dog was on a harness, but still, you don't pull your dog like that. And it's a small dog. You, you know, lazy pick the dog bitch, up. pick your dog up. So I was like, all right, how do I diffuse this? I got to act in a superhero mode. You know, like get in there, change up, take my glass off, rant, da, da, da. And I, I got I to gotta fix this without being rude. Because I have yet to run into a rude person or a negative person here in Sacramento. And so I get down and um, and this lady's, you know, she's still yanking. I go, oh my God, such a cute dog. Can I, you know, can I touch it? So now I buffered it. So now I'm, I'm stalling mm-hmm. and I'm playing with the dog and the dog is scared for whatever reason. Probably because it's surrounded by millions of people in a mall. I, I, well, actually, I think it was because of the tile. It was slippery. Mm-hmm. Dogs have a tendency when they get on slippery surfaces to get scared. And so uh, I said, oh, such a cute dog. I was like, you know, don't pull the dog because, you know, she obviously, obviously is a little scared, you know, and I'm playing it off like that. And she's like, yeah, you know, in her Asian voice, whatever. So, so I get up and I start walking away and she starts yanking her dog again. I said, ma'am, can you not pull your dog, please? If you're going to bring your dog out, don't pull the dog. If it doesn't want to walk, pick it up. It weighs five pounds. Oh, it's, you know, Asian voice. Oh, so heavy. Oh, so heavy. And, uh, and I was like, would you like me to carry your dog? <laughs> and she goes, no. I was like, well, then pick her up. Pick it up. You know, so she picks up the dog, and then she's walking away. Goes, I love you, Pookie. I love you, Pookie. And I'm like, you lie. You don't wow. love your dog. You would never pull. I would never, ever. I don't care which one of my dogs is, even if Mr. Milkface. I am not yanking my dog if the dog doesn't want to walk. Toon Toons, going out on a walk, won't walk the whole way. She'll stop, turn around, jump up on me, and cry for me to pick her up. Aww. I don't yank her. I don't pull her down the street. I pick her up. And when Rach moves out here, we're getting a stroller. <laughs> oh my God. Does it have to be a dog stroller? My kids don't fit their stroller anymore. I could just bring that with me. No, we want one like the big knobbies. You know, in the water. they want a fancy, smancy dog stroller. I know. I know. I'm about. just trying to be helpful. It's got AC. Right. Right. <laughs> Where are you, you going to take him? Water stations are like Brendan, in the buggy. Brendan Frazier on Blast from the Past. <laughs> what, what do you mean we're going to take? Toons likes to get out. So our new backyard doesn't have any grass. So I have to make a dog park on the side. Fake grass is a big thing out here. So I'm going to do some like really nice fake grass on the side. Um, but, uh, you know, the, we don't have the same backyard as we had back in, in Roswell. No, this one's really small. They just don't have yards out here, Nate. It's like everything is house right on top of house. But it's fine at the huh. yard. It's small. It has a jacuzzi. Like, I'm cool with it. Now, I talked to an old guy, an old guy that's lived here his whole life at the bar last night, and he said it depends on the neighborhood you go into. So if you get into older neighborhoods, I yes. mean, it's built in, like, the before the 90s, then you are finding yards again. Correct, yeah. If you, it, like, so... Uh, so yards went out of style. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. 
basically. Well, it's not so much they went out of style. It's just the new builds. They're like, we can actually put 20 more houses in here. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> yeah. No one has a yard, uh, which is fine. I, I, you know, the dogs will have plenty of room. I mean, it's, 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 it's smaller, but it's, they'll have room to run around. Yeah. You know, um, I'm going to give up the yard for the pool. Exactly, because the Boom, pool is worth it. Thick. Oh, yeah. it's a nice pool. Heated yeah. pool. Salt, got a jacuzzi. Saltwater pool. That's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> is that strange to you, a heated saltwater pool? No. Because you, I've heard people say that, like you specifically, well, it's a heated pool too. Like most in-ground pools have a heater. No, they don't. They do in Nebraska. Because it's because Nebraska. It's cold there. <laughs> they do. There salt water? <laughs> yeah, heated saltwater pool. It makes you think you're going to throw some some noodles in there. <laughs> and it's a saltwater pool. My old man yeah. got a saltwater yeah. pool heated. It, it, oh. Yeah, it boils lower. Do you yeah. think it's weird that in Nebraska so many people have gloves? Because <laughs> I went to Florida mm-hmm. and they no one had gloves. <laughs> I was like, do you even have a winter coat? They were like, no, strange, because we all do in Nebraska. I just don't Not understand. Nelson? But listen, I think it's funny you go that way, but I don't. I wasn't viewing it through the lens of Nebraska. I was viewing it through the lens of fancy people. Like I'm not, I'm white trash, but my dad is not. He fancy people, right? So he got the fancy people stuff. I assume everyone in California is fancy people. No, they're not. Have you looked at them? But if they have a pool, they fancy the people. Just because you have a pool doesn't mean you're fancy people. I'm hanging out with you too much. You have fancy friends and you know fancy people and like <laughs> I don't have fancy Where's friends. Where's the white trash at in this town? What's the what's You got to who, drive out. Who's gotta the drive out. Who's my fancy friends? I can't wait to hear this. Oh, I just uh, you hobnob and you just uh, you got to you tell me about all these celebrities that he knows and personal calls and retweets and Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he goes, "Well, so and so called me, you know, from a plat he's a platinum selling artist." And he's like my best friend, uh-huh. Bubba Ray Dudley, and he's pugging me up with another celeb. Right. Things are rolling over here. Okay, dicks. I didn't yeah. say it like that. Not even close. <laughs> Second off, I'm doing y'all's job. You don't even know who I'm talking about, Nikki. So that tells you I can't even depend on you to book guests. Listen, I didn't say anything about your friends. Nelson did. No, I'm just telling you what he's talking about. Actually, what you just did was worse than what he said. <laughs> My imitations are just better than his. No, 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 no. He was straight up like, you know, you're hobnobbing and da, 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 and you went through this. <laughs> you went for the juggling. Anyway. So. I like his friends. They're cool. No, they don't like you. They probably don't. It's fine. I still like them. I was trying to tell her, I was like, you know, look, if you're going to do this job, you know, and you're going to be in this position, you've got to know the industry. And that means you have to know the history of the industry. You have to know the biggest names in radio and why they were successful, especially in the genre of radio that we do. Mm -hmm. Of course, Howard is the OG. Obviously. But even shows like Opie and Anthony and Bubba Love Sponge, even I'll throw Bubba in. Um, you know, Tom Likas and Rick Dees and, oh my God, yes. uh, you know, um, uh, S- Steve what, Dahmer um, in Chicago, John uh, Brand, uh, what's his name? Jonathan Brandmeyer. Brandmeyer, yeah. You know, those guys, like they just did, le- Scott Shannon. You know, you've got to know who Scott Shannon is. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to, you, you, the morning zoo. You, you Like these are things that you need to know. Professional athletes, when they join you know, I remember seeing an interview with Patrick Mahomes when he joined the Kansas City Chiefs and somebody, some reporter was trying to be kind of a dick and, and catch him on this history of the Chiefs. 
and he just start rattling it off because you that's respect from those people that got there before you know in the radio business anytime you do like a quote-unquote edgy or blue bit you know you the, the old theory it's not so much the new theory but the old the old way would be like oh you're trying to be howard stern you know that that's like the go-to that's the equivalent of you suck right it's the easy out it's the it's a i don't think it's a thing anymore you know, because the younger generation is not familiar with what Howard did on terrestrial radio. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're probably not listening to him on satellite. So, but you still have to respect, like, I've never understood why radio people have to hate other radio people, especially the successful ones. You learn from those people. Not necessarily rip off their bits, but you just learn, like, what did they do to become successful? Why were they successful? Don't you want that? In any other job, you're studying the success of other people in that field. Why is radio any different? Same with podcasting. I, I, I would, the first day we started this podcast, you know, I said to myself, I know nothing just because I'm a radio dude doesn't mean I know anything about this podcast world. I need to talk to people. And I got on the phone and start talking to people that I knew that had been podcasting and doing it successfully. And I sat there and I wrote, wrote down questions and I asked them, I put, wrote down their answers and I just listened because I was not the teacher. Right. I was the student. And, and there were people in this business that, you know, um, had done, were doing successful podcasts, not the kind that we do, uh, but like business type podcasts and stuff like that that are successful that have zero radio experience, but they found a way to make their podcast successful. So that's, that's what I was doing. So you have to do, I was like, you got to watch private parts. Yes. You know, if you're in radio, you watch private parts. If you're a poker player, you watch rounders. If you believe in God, you watch passion of the Christ. Yeah, I think that uh, right. Those are the three. Yes, you've hit them all. Private parts. If you watch it, not for what he does, but like the mechanics of what he does, it'll make you a better broadcaster. I agree. I agree. I agree. I, I think that you got. You know, she's like, nah, I didn't watch it. Yeah, I've told her for years. Why? Nah, it's a good movie. Nah, I'm too busy watching Life After Lockup. I do not watch Life After Lockup. Um, Thank you very much. 60 Days Inside, that's oh, what she's on. I'm, I'm watching 60 Days Inside, another 48 hours. Why do I got to be watching jail stuff? It's because all TT used to be locked up in the clink. No, the definitely clink. not. <laughs> it reminds me of your old job. It's like reminiscing. No. You know, TT, you know TT's coming out here, Nate? Ooh, yeah. Wait, when's he coming? Uh, I don't know. Well, sure yet. well, constantly once he gets here. I know. I <laughs> we'll know. Oh, really, Nelson? We'll know. We'll nasty. know it even if he's not in the state. <laughs> <laughs> that was nasty. When it starts snowing just in our neighborhood. <laughs> Is that funny? You about to have a heart attack over there. He likes my jokes. He's coughing and kill him. Jesus, look at his face. We're gonna we're gonna have the greatest bit ever on our radio show when oh, I kill him breathe. because he's out kill of shape and he's laughing. Oh my god! Uh, funny. I pull the mic right in front. <laughs> funny. It wasn't even that funny. It was funny. Bite your tongue. Are you not imagining? You didn't immediately imagine as it was coming down a full on blizzard. No, I didn't. <laughs> she takes her TT seriously. That's the first time I've ever had that. Directed at me. Yeah, she's. I've never seen that. I've never faced that. I've watched that look go out she, at other people. She doesn't like that you were laughing at my joke at her expense. Fair, you know. So hard. Like it I was, thought you were gonna die. It wasn't about your expense. It was about the visual. Just let's put it this way: if it's gonna snow, you're not invited to the party. Fair. Yeah. She <laughs> likes a one-man blizzard. You don't need anybody to run the camera, though. 
No, I don't. I, I got angles. So t- we're going to wire her bedroom when TT comes here. <laughs> I want to listen to the sounds. Let's, oh, you'll hear it. These walls are thin, boy. Yeah, they are. Yeah. We never come here. Never. <laughs> we'll see if it snows or not. Never. <laughs> it's like weird. Snowing in June. Crazy weather. <laughs> Damn El Nino. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what was the other thing I was going to mention on the podcast? Oh, I did the Manny thing. So hopefully Manny will be back on. We got distracted there, but uh, hopefully Manny, he should. I'm, I'm assuming he will. It'll be cool. Um, so that's that. Oh, here's the other thing. So there's going to be two kind of podcasts. So this is what everybody's going to dig, I think. So we'll have this for you guys, like from the OG, for a few more months on this feed. This feed will still live. Uh, because Nate's going to take over with his Mexico moment, Brandon's you know thing. So Nate is going to start controlling this feed um, by June, right? Mm-hmm. Our podcast will then be on a different RSS feed, which you can get. You know, we'll have a link from podcastthebs.com because everybody's familiar with that website. But we have a new website, thebaileyshow.com. Yes. Spent a lot of money for that URL, so please visit it. TheBaileyShow.com. That will take you to our landing page on the 98 Rock website. And that's where we'll have all of our newest um, shows that will be uploaded daily. Like how it used to be when we were on the radio show, you know, after the show ended, you guys always be like, where's the podcast? It'll be the same way. It'll be put up after our show ends, and you guys will still be able to go listen there also. And we're in the middle of or the midst of working on getting our own, I guess, channel on the Odyssey app. Mm -hmm. So that um, that will happen. Yes. So it'll be very easy to find us and all that stuff. So, but if you want to listen live or even get the da- or the podcast, I'm assuming you can get the podcast on the Odyssey app. The Odyssey app's very user friendly. Yeah, I know you can listen live. You can. You can listen live. It's going to be six p.m. Eastern Standard. You guys' time will be live here at three Pacific time. So. Oh yeah. Uh, another thing is like we've I've done it. I've tried to do a really good job of going and answering questions, but. When you repeat the question over and over again, you're not reading the thread mm-hmm. or you're not reading the post. And there's some things that, you know, I'm not trying to be rude, but it's just you got sometimes you got to do a little legwork. You know, like somebody <laughs> said, if it's three o'clock there, what time is it going to be here? Just Google it. It's I mean, like, <laughs> who needs to Google that? Like, it's a three hour difference. I'm telling you, there you go. Help me 6 p.m. Not that I'm too busy, but we've got a lot going on, guys. So just like, let, let's work together. Let's work in unison. Let's be one well-oiled machine. All right. With that being said, we'll get bonus content for you premium two percenters. Thank you, as always, for subscribing uh, after our guests uh, here next. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Just about everything needs to be insured in your life, right? So find the best in the business. That'd be Sean Camp at Country Financial. House, boat, motorcycle, car, you name it, needs to be insured. How do you get a hold of Sean? Easy. Call him. He'll pick up 678-519-9028. Tell him Jason said hello. 678-519-9028. Yeah, make sure you mention the BS because he takes care of the two percenters. Or you can email sean.camp at countryfinancial.com. S-H-A-U-N dot C-A-M-P at countryfinancial.com. The camp agency at Country Financial. It is your one-stop shop for all your insurable needs. 
You're the only person I'm going to say this to. Feel free to call my wife, 404-797-4600. That's if you're looking to buy or sell a house because she's a realtor, and that's why I'm here to tell you how great she is and how awesome she's going to be for you. She's a realtor with Coldwell Banker, Rachel Guy. She's your guy, and she's my wife, and she's awesome. 404-797-4600. You can also get a hold of her. I am rachelguy at gmail.com. Rodents get cold, too. They might want to get warm in your attic or crawl space. Uh-uh, not on Inspect All Pest Services Watch. Inspectallservices.com. That's the website you need to go to and book an appointment. Mention the BS. Receive 10% off your exclusion work. Did you know that uh, one big issue with house fires is that squirrels cause them by chewing constantly? chewing on the wires, plus all the disease the rodents bring in. Don't let that happen to your house. Inspectallservices.com And back to you, Jason. Our guest right now, when I say live in the gimmick, he lives the gimmick. He's got the beard, he's got the hat, he's got the face, he's got the he's got the everything. Uh, and he's also got the, I've run almost 16,000 miles because I just love Forrest Gump. Becoming Forrest in paperback, this is the true story of the journey of Rob Pope. He's a Brit, and he came over to the U.S. to recreate the Forrest Gump run. Now, I don't know why he did it. Well, I have an idea, but I think he's a little crazy. Nobody runs that much. And means it. You know what I mean? Uh, Rob, how are you, my friend? I'm grand. I'm, I'm, I'm glad, glad to be back in the States, even in virtual form. <laughs> okay, so you did this run in the United States. What year are we talking about here? So we're looking at fall of 2016 through to spring 2018. Did you get any media coverage on us? Yeah, little bits and bobs. It was sort of a, it was, it was up, up and down. You know, sometimes you get to a place like New York, and you, you wouldn't really get much at all. And then you go somewhere like, uh, you know, Boston, and and you know, you were the talk of the town. So uh, it wasn't what I was doing it for, but it was nice because I was obviously raising money for the charities. And so uh, every every chance I got to talk about them, I would certainly take it. Okay, so that was the that was. That- that that was it. There was this was a whole charity thing, right? This isn't because you want to do cosplay and have this weird sexual fetish with Forrest Gump. This is all about charity, right? I think I'd pick a better for the cosplay if that was my vibe, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I I wanted to run across the states for about uh, well maybe about ten fifteen years before I actually set foot uh, to you know to in, in my call pairs. And uh, I, I read a book by another Brit, and so uh, the way he just described the country as someone from outside, uh, it just looked incredible, and so I'd want to do that one day. And the classic route is usually from either L.A. or San Fran across to New York, and so I thought about doing that. And as often happens, life gets in the way, doesn't it? Um, and so, you know, 15 years down the line... Now, even prior to that, since my mum, who's not around anymore, uh, had said, you know, to me to do one thing in my life that made a difference, and I didn't, like, devote any significant thought to, oh, my God, I've got to fulfil this wish, but 
when everything fell into place and I just thought, well, let's run across America and do something big for charity. And in the movie, when Forrest goes across the Mississippi, they'd say, oh, you're running for world peace, women's rights, the homeless, mm-hmm. uh, the environment, or animals. And I picked two charities, so the Worldwide Fund for Nature and Peace Direct, that through all their projects, ticks all those boxes and uh yeah set out to see if i could make a difference did, did you have anybody stop you like in the movie and and say you know come up with a have a nice day idea or um what's the bumper sticker uh shit happens you know uh, uh it, it, did you have any of that I kind of stuff American TV, they often censor that sticker, don't they? And it's, it happens, and it goes, man, you just stepped in a massive pile, and then it stops. <laughs> Maybe that's in certain states, but, uh, yeah, that amused me. But the, the amount of times where, you know, I was in L.A., and, like, uh, this uh, 11-year-old kid, like, uh, I'm running past, and I had the cap on, but he wouldn't have seen that. He was just a dude in a red cap. And he just goes, run, Forrest, run. And I stop and I turn around to look at him and he just thinks oh my god I'm going to get my head kicked in here and so I just sort of walk over to him don't say anything just point at the cap and he's just like oh my god (laughs) 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 Um, my favourite one was when I was in Texas and um, I was in a town called Gomez I say a town it's like a church in three houses and um, I I really needed to, to go and take a crap basically and I knock on the first two houses nobody's in I knock on the third one, a guy who's like living in his late 70s, maybe early 80s, opens and asks him to use his bathroom, goes through. And then I couldn't find any toilet paper anywhere, so I had to go out and embarrassingly ask, does he have any toilet paper? So now he knows exactly what I'm doing in his house. <laughs> and on the way out, so I just head down and go, thank you very much there, you know, and out the door and he goes, sit down, I want to talk to you. And then I'm like, oh, I've got, I've got to be polite, haven't I? And so I sit down, and then he says, last night I watched this movie called Forrest Gump. Have you heard of it? And I'm just like, uh, yeah. And he just goes, because you look exactly like that guy. And then so I, so I talk, told him what I was doing. And he basically said that his kids had been trying to put him in a car home for years, and if he told them that day that Forrest Gump said, come and take a dump in his toilet, he said he'd be off to the home before they could say, have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> what a great story. Do you, you do know where, you do know where uh, those scenes of Forrest Gump being on the bench and whatnot, where they were filmed, right? Yeah, like the, well, the bench, Savannah was one of the yeah. places I literally only passed through sort of on, on, on a coach uh, one day and I was trying to get to a, a destination coming back from the airport. Mm. And uh, that bench has been moved now to the museum. And so one day, I think maybe, like the, I would love to go back to where I finished, which is in Monument Valley, and run to the ocean just one final time. Um, and then maybe I'll go to um, Savannah. I'll go to like the local Home Depot, just buy a bench, and then put it in that spot on the square so I can take the uh, <laughs> take the photo, and then I'll just take the bench back to the store and say it's the wrong color for my garden. You know. <laughs> you, you know, it's it's funny that we have you on the show because I just did a cross country trip from Atlanta to Sacramento, California, where we've relocated. And I always wanted to do a cross-country road trip. I didn't ever want it to run it, but I've wanted to drive it. And as we were crossing the states and seeing every season and every topography, and it, I mean, you name it, we, we got to see it. The entire trip 
numerous times I'm thinking of that scene in Forrest Gump where he's explaining to Jenny the different skies that he would see. And that yeah. ju- it just it, it kept it kept playing back in my mind as we were going through this flat stretch of Oklahoma. And then we'd go up into the elevation in Arizona and California, and then we hit the snow in Flagstaff. And all I could think of was that scene. So it's funny how powerful that movie is, right? After all these years, especially. Yeah, like the, that. That you know, when he says the, what that clear mountain lake, it was if the you know, so the the mountains were reflected in in, in the water, and so that's actually up in uh, Glacier National Park in Montana, and I ran through that, um, and then in that scene earlier in the film, you see him actually running over that three arch bridge with the mountains in the background, yeah. and so I got to run over that sort of a uh, bridge. But of course, it's very surreal because you imagine you always imagine that looking from the side. And so I was then suddenly running over the bridge, and it was really weird. So it's, it's a bit like, you know, the stormtroopers watching that fight with uh, Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi mm. in Star Wars. Mm. You know, it, then suddenly I was Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> Darth Vader looks very different close up. Ben! <laughs> and then you get struck down. Did you wear the old school Nikes? I did, yeah. I, I started in that, um, and so like when I was sat on a rocking chair outside uh, the Bragg Mitchell Mansion in, in uh, Mobile, um, I had that on. I had sort of the khaki slacks, the plaid shirt, and then I yeah, sort of ran through town, uh, took a left rather than the right, got <laughs> definitely on the wrong side of the tracks, and I asked the lady who sat in a um, sort of a, a like a supermarket car park for directions, <clears throat> and a window was slightly open as I. Approached the car and as I approached the car the window went fully up and I was just like oh no no just look at the directions I'm running across America and that wasn't very promising seeing as like only three miles into the whole run but uh, yeah like so I actually used the Cortez in the Boston Marathon itself as well I actually ran that as part of the journey and uh, they're pretty good running shoes you know so <laughs> you don't have to have anything fancy that's the best thing about running everyone thinks I need You'd have these like those two hundred dollar shoes, and you know you can pretty much just get anything and, and get going. It's only when you get super serious you need to spend a bit of money. Yeah, I would think that you know you would have prepped for this and got a sponsor, and you know whether it's Nike or Asics Nike or, or Brooks Asics. or something to that effect. But you're what you were just saying is you, you didn't have anyone around you. You didn't have a pace car. You didn't have somebody to watch your back. You literally did this by yourself, huh? Half of it by myself, like to bit, but not much better the rest of the time because my my crew uh, extended to a maximum of two, but that was only ever for like about a week at a time. It was usually uh, only my wife, and we bought a cheap camper that we hoped to sell at the end for what we paid for it uh, because it was so old. Uh, and of course, if you got a boat, you got to give her a name, and so we we called our camper Gen A. Um, and so Nadine was with me for about just under half of the time and um but yeah like it was completely self-funded um and we used money that we would, we'd saved to like put a deposit on a house and 
Mm. So yeah, like so I managed to start. I, 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 I kind of semi broke into Nike's UK headquarters and, and pretended I had a meeting there when I didn't, and they gave me four pairs of shoes, which didn't last very long. <laughs> um, and eventually, when I got up to Oregon, I competed in the um, the Prefontaine uh, Memorial 10K race. Uh, and somehow managed to win it and became Oregon State 10K champion. <laughs> and at the end, uh, I was chatting with a guy who um, designs trail shoes for Nike, and he, he was like, why haven't we heard of you? And I said, I've, I've sent you about 100 emails. <laughs> 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 I just got into your spam folder. And, uh, and this guy, Johnny, Johnny Wild Horse Truax, the best name I think I've ever heard, um, you know, he then sought me out with a few pairs of trainers afterwards. And so, yeah, like, cheers to Johnny if he's listening. Uh, yeah, Oregon, that's the, what, the headquarters, the home base uh, where everything started for Nike, right? Uh, so so h- how did that conversation, I was going to ask if you were married, you said your your wife. How did that conversation go? Did you sit her down and say, look, I know we're about to buy our dream home, our forever home, if you will, but I've got this idea. Why don't we go to the United States? You hang out with me for a couple days, and I want to run almost 16,000 miles, but I'm doing it for a good cause. The only issue is I need all the money we've saved for this new dream house. How did that conversation go? Well, fortunately, I didn't have to drop that last sentence in because we were <laughs> cast iron in the belief that we get across to, you know, we're going to L.A. Right? So it's it's where, where, where all the dreams come to, right? Yeah. And so we figured we'll get to Santa Monica and then they'd be like, oh, well, run across America it's a small club you know sort of um, but are you flying home and then we turn around and then we thought oh there's definitely going to be sponsors so we we thought well let's think about sort of 10,000 into this and then after that it will get paid for but because the the my athletic aim was to get to Santa Monica, so that dream was fulfilled. I could have quit then and been relatively happy but it now morphed into this desire to make a difference and so after that it was about the charities and so we thought well let's just keep going you know so the forest kept going the only thing that was going to stop me was being physically broken or financially having nothing i couldn't have gone home with 5k in the bank and and thought you know i've given everything i've got you know so we just carried on going thinking well we'll definitely get a sponsor when we get to new york or maine and turn around again and then We'll definitely get a sponsor by the time we get to San Francisco because that's uh, where all the crazies are. They're all into the <laughs> they're all into the business of the running. Um, by the time we got to San Francisco, we were flat broke, you know. And so at this point, like um, the the charity uh, WWF offered to put some money towards the run because they realised that it was a massive vehicle for them. But I, I just couldn't I couldn't do it. it just didn't sit with me. So. Um, you got you'd be running down the road and someone would you know shake your hand and you'd realise that there was a you know a twenty dollar note in it and I would literally I was living like a day to day week to week and eventually um, well sort of I got a very soft spot for Atlanta because there's um, a, a lady and her family called Tyvee um, and sort of uh, she is the future mother-in-law of a good friend of mine and so she sent me um, a few dollars to keep going and paid for me to go over to their place from St Louis for Thanksgiving and I go away to Thanksgiving for a few days hand over control of my social media to a pal because I just wanted to switch off for a couple of days and then when I come back he'd publicised the Just Giving page which enabled me to get to the end so uh, yeah it mm. was it was interesting my advice to anyone to do this is be independently wealthy 
<laughs> what did you do before you, uh, you do? just you decided to to run across the United States? Uh, so I was, and I'm, and once again, I'm I'm a veterinarian. So like sort of, uh, yeah, I'm on night shift tonight. So this, this is my this is a nice way to start my day. Gotcha. All right, and I'm sure during this run you had. Uh, the, I mean, it was the, you know, when I was tired, I slept when I needed to use the toilet. Well, you know, I used the toilet, you know, so it wasn't a race. It was just a mission. Yeah, exactly. I, I sort of liken it a little bit to being like, a, you know, a race car driver and you can't, you know, literally just put your foot flat down on the pedal because, you know, you'll burn through your fuel, you'll you'll pop a tire, something will, something will break. So you're constantly thinking about, you know, sort of getting, you know, sort of the, the food into you, where are you going to sleep? You know, is that niggle in my knee something worth worrying about? Shall I, you know, shall I take a little bit of slower? And yeah, it was, it was a, a war of attrition. It was much more mental than physical, but of course, you know, the, the, the physical was there. And in terms of, you know, I very rarely got genuinely tired the physical strife was generally pain. That was that was that was the worst of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nikki, do you have a question for Rob? Did you run the entire time, or did you run a little bit, walk a little bit, or was it constant running every time you were out? Originally, I was I was running everything, and I remember like sort of, um, the first couple of days in Alabama. Uh, Nadine said to me, "She said you're just running too fast." And I'm like, "I'm not. I'm fine. I'm not out of breath. This is good. She says it's going to come back and get you." And about 400 miles in, I got injured in uh, in Houston, which is ironically where we uh, landed to, to travel to to Alabama, and I had a meltdown in a gas station where. Uh, the lovely lady behind the behind the desk, like, sort of asked what I was doing, and I handed over my last handwritten card, you know, because it wasn't a pro operation of my charities, etc. And I just broke down in tears. And she comes round the uh, the counter, gives me a big hug, and I said, like, sort of, uh, I'm really sorry, I'm very sweaty. And she said, We're all sweaty down here, hon. Don't worry. <laughs> and um, and she like consoled me and said, like, you know, go and see a doctor and. Uh, I actually saw a physio in Houston called Whitney, and I'm so to this day I'm so upset that I didn't make the joke. Uh, you know, when I was actually in in the treatment room with her, uh, she she patched me up, and I spoke to someone who'd run across America before. He looked at my data and he said, "Rob, you're just running too fast." He said, "You need to you need to start walking a bit in there," and I said, "Yeah, I'm not." I'm not walking across America, though, Chris, am I? I'm, I'm trying to run across America. And he says, even people who are going for speed records across America will intersperse running with walking. So I found what worked for me was I'd run four miles, uh, roughly. Uh, let's say I had a 40-mile day, and I would break it down to five, eight-mile runs, and I would run four miles, walk half a mile, run two, walk half a mile, run one, and then take a break where I'd like, be at a gas station little sort of a diner or something like that and then repeated so you know it was all about hitting these small goals and uh, when I was walking of course I could take in all these incredible views that you were referring to before you know and, and actually taking the super important thing of just turning around and looking behind you because I you know I, I was going to be missing half the sights if I, if I never turned around. Uh, so you when when you're running your four miles, you're stopping and you're walking. Did did you ever get bored? Mm-hmm. I mean, like this is not taking ten right. minutes. Like I would I would be bored to tears 
sitting there going, okay, I'm in the middle of nowhere. No one's around me. I'm cold. I'm tired. I'm cramping. I'm hungry. I'm bored. (laughs) (laughs) I quit. I want to be done. Yeah. But there's always so much to think about, especially because, like, you know, the fact that we were operating on a shoestring budget, so, you know, it wasn't as if I could go, right, where's the nearest holiday in? If I was staying in a motel, it was going to be the cheapest one in town. I'd literally just look on the TripAdvisor and go, do any of the reviews mention bedbugs? And if they did, that was the only thing that was going to be an out for me. As long as it had a lock on the door and clean sheets, I didn't care, you know? Um, and so I would do some couch surfing as well. So sometimes I'd reach out to like, you know, even like, I think the second day I was completely sober, I reached out to a local Mexican restaurant. And then a few of the guys in the restaurant afterwards just sort of clubbed together and, and uh, put me in a local sort of um, a local motel. And yeah, then it was like, what am I going to eat? You know, sort of uh, doing posts for the charities. And then of course, I had the opportunity to soundtrack my day. So I could be, you know, in the desert listening to Neil Young, you know, in, in New Jersey listening to Springsteen. And so it was very rare. I, I, I genuinely can't. I remember times when I got a bit lonely, but I don't think I ever got bored. A, I was also going to ask you what you were listening to. You're listening to all American artists. You're not listening to the Stones or the Beatles or. Beatles. Um, you know. Yeah, to be fair, I'm, I'm from Liverpool, um, and of course, the Long and Winding Road was very, was very apt and stuff. But uh, yeah, I didn't listen to a huge amount of Beatles, but I got, I did get massively into the Stones because, not being funny, the Stones is American music, isn't it? it, it you know, it's, it's, it's the blues, and um, and yeah, I listened to you two. Uh, on loop as I ran through Joshua Tree and yeah. I became the first person ever to run from Joshua Tree National Park to the actual Joshua Tree which is in Death Valley yeah. um, and so I found it high on a desert plain where the streets have no name and all that you know uh-huh. <laughs> there's actually a little plaque when you find the Joshua Tree uh, that says have you found what you're looking for which I just think is brilliant that is awesome and did Bono reach out to you and say hey thanks for running to our tree <laughs> And he didn't know, unfortunately, but I did get to see him in Chicago, not personally, but uh, I was with about another 70,000 other people. And so <laughs> for my sins, I'm a, I'm a Chicago Birds fan, and I have been since 1985 uh, when, when things were a bit better. Um, yeah. And so I was super excited to get to Chicago um, and then to, uh, having the opportunity to see you two uh, at Soldier Field was, was unbelievable. But uh, like, just, just like being in upstate New York and listening to Bob Dylan was just unbelievable. The the amount of serendipity I would get with music. Now, I mentioned Bruce before. I was in New Mexico and I did a little bit of, well, I didn't know it was semi-trespassing, although the barbed wire fence may have given it away. Um, and I crawled under this fence and I carried on running. It was across some Union Pacific land. And as I popped out onto the highway, uh, Born to Run comes on on shuffle for the first time. I was never going to select that tune. That had to get delivered to me, you know, so from a big library. Here comes Born to Run. And I run past an intersection, and the sign told me that I was on Highway 9, which, of course, is the the, the highway mentioned in the song. And I was just like, nah, man. So this is the Truman Show. There's absolutely no way that this has happened for real, you know. So I look, look to see if there are any cameras behind any cactuses, but... You know, no, it's just brilliant. When we were driving cross country, I I didn't, I I guess I'm just an idiot, but I didn't know how big of a deal uh, Interstate 66 is. 
And I guess it's in all these movies yeah, and 66. Steve McQueen and the cars and, you know, all that stuff. Um, and my wife is like, oh, my God, we're on 66. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, we are. Because this is, are you not excited? I'm like, no, I'm not. I would be super excited. To be yeah, everybody knows it, but me. I'm the only idiot out there. I had no idea the the significance of really? the of the interstate of the road. Yeah. Yes, it's everywhere. Every yeah. it's it's their shirts. You know, we would stop stop and say Route yeah. 66. Yeah. Songs and everything. Yeah. What's that, Rob? It's the ultimate 66. It's like an, it is the analogy for America. Like so you, you can take whatever you want from that, you know, because like there's the progress, whether you see progress as a good thing or a bad thing. So I-40 like obliterated big part of 66. And people say, oh, that's progress because I can now get across the country really quickly. Uh, and then it's not progress because you see all these little towns sort of... Um, Right. You know, dying, and I stayed in one uh, called Adrian, which is the exact midpoint of Route 66, and uh, I managed to get food poisoning. Um, I'm not sure, maybe it was like a dodgy hot dog or something, and I spent like five days, like, holed up in this motel. I lost 10% of my body weight, um, but, like, what a place. You know, if I was ever going to get food poisoning, it was just there, you know, and uh, I always tried to stay at these um, lovely small motels if I could, you know, just because the ability of, like, you see, like, the, these towns in America that are on the up and towns are on the way down, and life just adapts, you know, sort of. Um, and this lady had taken over the motel. She, it was, you know, she was trying to renovate. So it didn't look like she had a huge amount of money. On day three, when I went back to pay for another day, uh, I said, I'm still really ill. I'm really sorry. She refused to take my money. And she just said, you've paid enough, rest here and just get well. Mm. And that was just indicative of the, the kindness that I saw on the way. And so it, it's one of these sort of things where I'm, I'm almost evangelical about it now because... Um, the way that the media sort of goes on these days, like, there's, you know, you're either for us or against us. There's no, like, sort of, you know, everyone's got, like, the relatives whose opinions they disagree with, whether it's political or socioeconomical, but we still love them, and we don't call them an idiot and hate them and sort of, you know, sort of wish wish fire and brimstone upon us, but that's what we're like. It's the same in the UK. It's not, not a go at America. Um, you know, it's, it's all so polarised, and so I was a vulnerable sort of person out on the road and I saw that people just want to help people, you know, and the the key thing is actually talking face to face and not, you know, on on the social side of things, you know, like you'd never dream of talking to somebody in real life like you would do on social media. And um I I just think there's so much like there's so much to worry about in the States at the moment, but I personally think that there's so much optimism and it will get fixed, and I'm not having any other opinion. <laughs> yeah. So don't give us – well, answer this. Did you keep track of how many calories you burned throughout your 15,621 miles? Don't give us the answer, but yes or no. I had an idea what I was doing. Okay. I didn't, I didn't do daily. Look at right. record. All right, so you have an idea. Let's take some guesses. Nate, do you want to guess how many calories Rob Pope burned through while running almost 16,000 miles across the United States? 100,000. 100,000. I think that's a good guess. Good starting point. Nikki? 
I'm going to say 250,000. 250,000. I'm going to split the difference. I'm going to go 175,000. <laughs> Rob Pope, how many calories how did many? you burn running 15,621 miles? I've just got my calculator and done some rudimentary maths based on a, a, a guesstimate of 6,000 per day, and it comes up with 2,532,000. We So how much weight did you yeah. lose on this? Uh, I gained two pounds. Wh- uh, water weight? Muscle? I gained two pounds. I started at 145 and finished at 147. That's crazy. <laughs> that, so, so you don't recommend anyone that's trying to lose weight to run almost 16,000 miles? <laughs> that would be it. Uh, Nate, do you have a question for Rob? Rob, for your ultra long distance running, I'm sure you get, you, you get a lot of injuries or, or, you know, minor or major injuries. What's like the worst thing? Like shin splints? And what, do you, what do your feet look like when you're done? Like what's the, the worst type of injury from running for so long? Yeah, like, so I, I got the expected blisters about two weeks in and they, they took up probably about like 25% of the surface of my foot at one point. But, you know, they pop, you know, to the bit. Like you glorious release running down the road one day where you see your shoe get a bit wet and you go, okay, that's the blister gone. But then they never came back, really. Um, I did get a type of shin splints, which is uh, a tendonitis in a muscle called the anterior tibialis, and that was the Houston injury, uh, which got sorted with um, with taping, K-tape, and, uh, and altering um, the pace I was running at. I then got Achilles tendonitis, which many like sort of runners will like take a shot and take a breath because that is a real game changer eight weeks out and I just taped it up and carried on going um, going from Arkansas into Memphis I tore a quad uh, I had a great two tear of my quad um, I had like two days where I physically just literally couldn't even walk to the bathroom I had to hop uh, but day three I like walked 27 miles day four I walked 32 and then I started bringing little bits of running in um, the, the, the real kicker though the one that did affect me for a long time afterwards was um, was just the result of not taking enough care with stretching and, and, and core strength and so my posture changed where I'd start to run in almost a bit, bit like a Z-shape but like, and you often quite see that in, in older fellas who were running uh, like a little bit hunched over and I had that stroller and it made my pelvis tilt and there's a disease called osteitis pubis uh, which is mostly a disease of uh, like the Australian rules footballers and pregnant ladies uh, where their pelvis gets pulled in so many different directions that you get big inflammation. So uh, that that dogged me for a long time. And uh, it was the kind of thing where it would really hurt on my left side. So I was taking about 60,000 steps a day. So if it was just my left side that day, I would be waking up to 33,000 doses of pain. And if it was um, if it was both sides, it'd be 66. <laughs> I just got on with it, though. You got to, haven't you? Wow. Well, last question for you, and then we'll let you go. How much money did you eventually raise for WWF, not the wrestling, but the World Wildlife Foundation, and Peace Direct? <laughs> So in total, it ended up around sort of $80,000, um, which I was really disappointed in because I just figured, given the, the, the size of the run, I figured, yeah. hey, this, this could be a million-dollar you know, thing. And, uh, and I beat myself up for a long time after the run that 
even though I, I, I did the athletic side of things, it was still a failure there. But I spoke to the charity about it and they just said they reckon it, it got them around a quarter of a million pounds worth of free advertising. So don't be too harsh on me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, if I, anything I'd say is that it, whoever your PR people were didn't really do a great job because if you were running through Atlanta you know, and I and I know it's up to the local media to do it, but there has to be a catch a pull. I mean, I think that if it pitched properly to any market, hey, this guy Rob, he's from you know, from the UK, he's coming to the United States, he's running, a, he's doing the Forrest Gump run, he looks like him, he dresses like him, he's a big fan of it. You know, this is his story. I don't see any. You know, that's great filler content outside of the the hate stuff that we love to put on the yeah, news should have definitely got more attention absolutely so next time you do this to raise more money you get a hold of of of, of us all right the bs <laughs> and you say hey guys i need you to be my pr team and we'll make sure you raise a million plus dollars for these charities okay well, I definitely want to come back one day, so I can't get enough for the states and, and all of you guys. And so, yeah, that, that that would be brilliant. I've got seven states that I didn't touch on the run, and uh, I think sort of I need to link that up to the original route, and uh, and then maybe my running days will be over. What are the seven states? Um, so we got Alaska, which uh-huh. will be uh, fun. Uh, Hawaii, which will be very fun. Um, South Dakota and Iowa, which will be sort of expansive. West Virginia, which will be hilly and tree. <laughs> Rhode Island, which will be brief. And then Florida. And maybe I could finish up in Savannah from Florida as well and get to sit on that bench. Well, yeah. It, or you could run into Florida and finish off at the tip in Key West and stand at that point. You know, that would, be, that, that would be pretty cool. That'd be that'd be pretty neat too. It's a, it's a neat spot at the very end. You know, they've got you know this is the end and that kind of yeah. thing, and you can see Cuba off in the distance. Nice. <laughs> uh, so your uh, social at run rob la run. That's your Instagram, Twitter. That's the one. Yeah. Run, run Ro- Rob Lawson. Run Rob La Run. LA. Rob Lar, yeah. R O B L A. They run Forest Runner there. Rob Lar's a nickname that Nadine gives me. Oh, okay. Rob there you okay. go. Rob, Rob Lar. It's not L A. I'm thinking Los Angeles. Lar. It's Run Rob Lar. That's yeah. that's what Nadine is like. A little pet name <laughs> yeah. for Rob. <laughs> he's he's not the, he's not the Pope or anything. He's the Rob Lar. All right. Uh, Becoming Forest is the book. You can grab that Amazon anywhere you grab books. I would highly suggest. You read the entire story of Rob Pope. Um, Remarkable individual. The world needs more Rob Popes in the world doing things for good and not expecting anything in return. Yes. That's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. And you're a good man, Rob. So thanks for coming on and sharing the story with us. Thanks, guys. You guys are awesome. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support podcastbs.com. Now, get out of here.